You don't have to know a lot of things in order to make a huge difference for the Lord in the world. But you do need to know a few things that are great and be willing to live for them and die for them. Will I let Jesus prove to me that he's truly my strength? To let him prove inside of me that through him I can do all things. The True Strength Life Podcast with Aaron Simpkins. Check out TrueStrengthApparel.com for clothing you'll love with a message you can trust. That's TrueStrengthApparel.com. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the True Strength Life podcast. This is Aaron Simpkins, your host, and I have a very special guest with me. First time ever speaking to a Bible scholar. Uh, I told him, I just told him a couple minutes ago, I, I was a little intimidated by this, um, <laughs> but he's, he's an awesome guy. So he's making me feel good. Um, <laughs> this, this is Dr. Gary Hill. And, uh, if you could, um, you know, just introduce yourself, kind of give a background, uh, a little bit of what you've done and, you know, and, and what you do now. Yes. It's, uh, uh, really warm greetings to everyone. Before we get into the technicalities or academics, I just want to share that reading scripture holds my life together. And um, I look forward to it. I have a, a way of going about it, but the Lord meets me in his word, not just a little pious platitude. And being able to search the scriptures, well, it's got to be life's one of life's greatest pleasures. So I've I uh, pastored a lot of my life, and I've been in publishing quite a bit. And um, we did a major project called the Discovery Bible with Moody Press um, in 1987. And I'm one of the academic contributors of Bible Hub, the uh, second most trafficked Christian website, I believe, in the world. And wow. they offer three million pages of free Bible study materials on that site. And it is the sponsor of the Berean Study Bible Translation as well. So here I am now at 70 years old and looking back about how the word of God has never failed me and how it's bridged me to meet the, you know, the resurrected Christ. And so I'm just really glad to be here with you, Aaron, and talking about it. Awesome. Awesome. Um, how long did you say you, you pastored for? I pastored for 30 years and planted small churches and served with large churches on staff. And, um, it gave me a good bird's eye <laughs> look and uh, of things. And, you know, when you're doing Bible translation, while you're faithful to the original Hebrew and Greek text of Scripture, there are interpretive possibilities and choices. And living with the saints and growing with them and being in the center of sound evangelical tradition, these are all helps to the translator. Hmm. That's awesome. So I, so I, when I, when I, you know, when we set up this interview, um, 
I asked a few people around me in my close circle, uh, you know, people who are, are interested in, in stuff like this. And I, I asked them for feedback on, on questions they might like to like to see. And uh-huh. I got to be honest with you, my the number one question I got from people and also uh, also my first question I had um, when it comes to the Berean uh, study Bible, the Berean translation was. Uh, so we're just going to get this right out the gate. <laughs> why um, people want to know on one end, why another English translation? Well, it begins with a missional vision, Aaron, that a quality translation like the NIV or ESV has restrictions. There's royalties, there's contracts, there's there's a lot of um, red tape that can go with having extended use of a quality mm-hmm. translation. And John Isaac's vision, who is the owner of Bible Hub, was to have something of the highest literary quality and something sound and carefully put together, but would be free to the public, not only for daily use, but where it might be used on the mission frontiers for publishing in in a public domain kind of way. So what drove it was when the NIV went to inclusive language, that is to say, you know all about that with being gender neutral and the things that tag along with that, there was a void. That of a translation that had the readability of an ESV and an NIV, but would tilt a little more to the literal side like the ESV, but a real joy to read that anticipates reader difficulties and flows nicely, uh, kind of with um, the virtues of a King James literary style, but a, uh, a conversational approach in terms of modern English. And so... The Berean Study Bible was so-called Study Bible, not because it has notes at the bottom, but -hmm. because the Bereans studied the Word of God to make sure things were so. And we on the translation team wanted to be devoted to being ardent students of passing on a translation that's right in the mainstream and reliable, readable, but it would be linked to many other things digitally. And if there's demand for it, the Berean Study Bible is going to be a a fully linked phone app as well, if there's sufficient demand, where the three million pages of Bible Hub can be hyperlinked and into a smooth interactive uh, piece. But that can already be done just by going to the Berean Study Bible on BibleHub.com, just clicking to it and then using all the resources from there. It can already be done already, but just another step easier. So to summarize, Aaron, we wanted, we didn't want the dollar to get in the way. Mm. So it was not funded by publisher money or by private investors that would have a controlling interest so that it could have wide free use, not only acceptance, but where it's pew Bibles or for missional purposes and down the line, it was able to be Born along as the Holy Spirit gives us his power and his outreach and not be locked up by royalty arrangements and tough contract arrangements that typically go with a highly funded translation from a publisher. Okay. Um, that's really cool. I speak on 
speak on real quick. Um, you said you said part of uh, uh, part of what made you guys want to do this or approach this project was um, part of what or kind of what happened with the NIV translation. So for people who aren't aware of what you're talking about, kind of explain that a little bit. Well, when you invest more than $20 million into a translation, you're going to want certain revenues back. And uh, so the NIV has its own virtues, for example, and the ESV and others that we could mention with the Broadman-Holman production of a, and so forth and so on. But this idea of being able to have it in public use with no restrictions, basically, and it be mainstream, highly readable, and right within the center of evangelical tradition. You know, all the, all the people on the translation um, ascribe to a complete view of the inerrancy of Scripture and what we would call the historic orthodox position of the evangelical church center stream. And so you're not going to be getting any, you're not going to be getting any strange and weird <laughs> wordings in the brain. And, uh, and we, we carefully consulted the mainstream, essentially literal translations, as well as those of a more paraphrased nature. The Brian is not a paraphrase. The Brian is, uh, is, is still more literal than the NIV, uh, but yet not as literal as something like the NAS. Okay. We are preparing the Brian literal version for those that want a companion volume. <clears throat> Um, that'd be awesome. Uh, I, I haven't got my physical copy yet of the Berean study Bible, but I am going to very soon. Um, and whatever other versions you come out with, I'll be doing that too. Um, <laughs> uh, okay. So, yeah. I, so within that, it is very interesting. Cause I, I gotta be honest, I, and I'm not very well researched into this yet, because um, I kind of just started on this a couple weeks ago, look, you know, looking more into translations. Um, I became, uh, you know, a part of a, a couple Bible groups on Facebook for the first time ever. Um, so just seeing people talk about the, you know, translation processes and it opened up my 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 world to, you know, realizing. I was kind of uh, and maybe correct me if I'm wrong for saying this, but um I guess I was kind of ignorant, ignorant to, I thought you just go to a shelf, pick up a Bible and read it. And there really wasn't, there, there was no, uh, there was no possible way for uh, an ulterior motive or another agenda behind the translation I'm reading. Um, and I, I'm not saying that the people who have updated their translations and stuff like that, I'm not accusing them of, you know, of wrongdoing. I'm just saying I'm just kind of going along with that. There's still a lot of other things involved, like you mentioned, investors and um, there's money just in general. There's a lot of money involved in making a Bible translation. Uh, and a lot of that is the kind of stuff that a, a a regular layman, a regular person picking up a Bible is just something you don't think about. Um, so I think to become aware of that and then also see how you guys kind of took the approach of you don't want to be, you, you want to try your best to not be influenced by all of that outside stuff, but really just do the best possible and make it available. Um, it seems to just kind of make common sense really to me at least. 
Yeah, the target, Aaron, was to have something open source of high quality that was on the readable on the readable side. And by, by that I mean you have the paraphrases that don't formally go word by word as a form-based translation. They go thought by thought. And the New Living Translation does a very good job at that, although they're not complete paraphrase like the old Living Bible. And then yep. you work your way up in the literal continuum where, say, on a scale to zero to 10, just for numbers as it goes, um, on literalness, maybe we could say something like the NIV is a six. Okay. And Berean would be a seven. The ESV would be an eight, the English standard. Nine would be the NAS. Ten would be an interlinear Bible. So we wanted something in that seven range mm -hmm. that was open source, devoted to the Great Commission, and reliable. Yeah, that's good. Um, okay, so I could I could picture some people at you know saying this at this point in the interview. Um, what? Because I don't know. I don't. I don't think we actually talked about this yet. What is your role as a part of the team or a part of you know this translation process? Um, you know, what what are you a part of specifically? Yes. Um... You know, when John Isaac came to me and with the vision of a new translation, I became the coordinator. And uh, uh, two friends of mine, one from Dallas Seminary, Eugene Merrill, who has been a chief in a lot of the great translations we use today and a very high pub highly published Old Testament Semitics author from Dallas. He worked with us heading up the Old Testament side and Grant Osborne, very highly published author from Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, TEDS, or Trinity International University in Deerfield, on the Greek side. And my role was coordinating with them and John and the other consultants on the project to um, help maintain a unity of policy. So we bring in a whole galaxy of consultants, and I was the coordinator of that. Okay. Wow. That's the, that just sounds like a lot to, 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 to watch over. <laughs> um, wow. Um, okay. So I, I, if, if this is a possible thing to answer, what, how many people were involved in this or are involved in this? Well, we had tiers of involvement, levels of involvement and, um, Eugene Merrill, Grant, Osborne, uh, myself were at the most active tier. Okay. Then what we bring into the process indirectly as well are the colleagues and people that we consult and know and how they would respond to a situation in policy setting. Uh, for example, Gleason Archer was the chief architect of the New American Standard and a full-term translator of the NIV all six years. And um, his translation methodologies were constantly uh, appreciated and um, integrated. So the one thing nice about seminary communities is that 
you're in touch each day with fellow colleagues and you know how they would also handle something by their companion work in translations, their written works and so forth. So um, uh, we had a smaller active tier, but a larger indirect second and third tier. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Because I, I know some people, you know, they they like to look into, um, you know, who was involved and what are their credentials and, uh, you know, things like that. Um, so it seems like you, for people like that, you would go to, you know, go to go to somebody like you, um, go to those other couple guys that you mentioned, um, and then just that's kind of a starting place, uh, it seems like. Yeah, and, you know, we're all aware of the fact that, you know, today you can get parallel translations lined up beside each other. You know, the, the, the two major approaches are dynamic equivalence and essentially literal. There's others and subtypes, but those are the two major categories. And the ones on the paraphrase side, whether it be Phillips or the message, New Living, although that's more literal than most of the paraphrases, um, I, I like the, uh, the NLT and, and use it a lot, especially as a, as a commentary. And um, they do such a good job of giving the flow of thought. The, um, the, you're going to find a good deal of variance amongst the dynamic how, translations. However, the essentially literal translations are going to be much closer together mm-hmm. in ESV, an RSV, a KJV, a New King James Version, NAS, and so on. Uh, ESV, because you're form-based, the formal translation is committed to the form. So if there's an adverb, you translate it. If there's an adjective in the Greek or Hebrew, you translate it. You don't leave out conjunctions, at least you try not to. You try to have some kind of faithful correspondence, a concordant, consistent way of handling prepositions, conjunctions, and the like. You see, the original languages of the Bible are very advanced. Though they're ancient, Aaron, they don't reflect a lack of development. Mm-hmm. The, um, they're completely form-based. That is, they have adjectives that are spelled exactly and differently from adverbs. Nouns are, have, you know, masculine and feminine. And you have singulars and the plurals, and you got all forms in the verb system, all spelled differently by their inflections. It's not like Egyptian hieroglyphs where you're using some kind of pictographic language or a cuneiform language like Akkadian that's an East Semitic where you have like little squares and things. No, no, no. Hebrew and Greek have a solid alphabet, a solid Hebrew verbal system, paradigms for their verbs, declensions for their nouns. And so when you have a formal translation from Hebrew and Greek and a few chapters in Aramaic in the Old Testament, Uh, you're going to be quite close together. And the Berean did not approach this uh, from an arrogant standpoint. It respected the close adherence of how essentially literal translations line up. But you want the best of the best, the smoothest rendering, and you want an open source when it comes to the Berean effort. Cool. Yeah, I noticed um, when I... First, this was probably a month ago at this point, um, when I actually became aware of 
uh, of this, um, the, you know, the Berean translation, um, I, I approached it and I was like, okay, this, this is a new English translation. I'm not aware of. It seems like, uh, it seems like a, you know, it's interesting. It's really interesting. It sounds good. Uh, when I was reading uh, some of it online, um, it flows nice, but I had the question in the back of my head, uh, you know, why, why, why would I want to support this or why would I need to add this? Um, and, and going back on kind of what we talked about already, but, uh, that open source, um, seemed to be, I, when I saw that, I was like, that's it. That's the, that's the big reason why you would support something like this. Um, it's a big reason, uh, a big motivating factor for wanting to do this. Um, and for wanting to see it, you know, continue on, um, in the future. Um, because there's a lot of red tape with all these, uh, all these other translations, um, you know, to do things with them. Uh, and it's kind of a restriction a little bit when, um, I don't remember exactly how you guys phrased it on your website, but, uh, basically God's word should be available and free to everyone. Um, and so, so why, why do we have like red tape things and stuff like that to, to get to God's word? Um, when we want to use it for something. Well, you know, you know, Aaron, thank you for those encouraging words. We were blessed where we could have a two-step process. First, you get the, um, the, the renderings, the wordings, faithful, accurate to the original text and in respect of all the major, essentially, literal translations. And then there's a stylist point where... Here in the 21st century, how do we speak and communicate? And one of my heroes in the Bible translation world is uh, Leland Riken, who was the chief stylist of the ESV. I don't know. They don't get him any better. And um, he's 50 years uh, emeritus professor at Wheaton in English literature, and he understands literature. But when he reviewed the Bereans, John Isett, the chief stylist on Brian. When Leland gave John an A, a full unqualified A, on mm. style, on flow, on readability coherence. Uh, well, those kind of remarks have been really encouraging. And because it's open source and it's it's free and I'll be thinking missionally as well on this. Yeah. That um, nothing would delight us more than people have a sound, readable translation they can use in printing and so forth. And they can, there's a faithfulness to the original text. There's a flow that makes it a page turner. And it's linked to many other study resources through BibleHub.com. I had no idea BibleHub was that was that popular. Was was that big? They they have over two million hits a day, and wow. they're second only to Bible Gateway. And uh, those three million pages up there that are all free, they cover the complete gamut. Great commentaries, verse by verse. Bible dictionaries, encyclopedias, all linked smoothly. 20 plus translations, Bible Gazetteer, Atlas, section on mm -hmm. sermons, 
original text stuff with Hebrew and Greek interlinear and parsed free gives you all the info. It's it's really a uh, it's it's a godsend. Well, I uh, I I have used it, you know, for studying, um, but I got to admit, I haven't used it a, a lot, but I'm definitely going to now um, because I, I just I, I just never looked into it. Um, to to find all of those things that you just mentioned but now that i know that they're on there i'm i'm going to maybe one day if i can make a suggestion there's a lot of so to speak tricks and shortcuts to making the most out of biblehub.com and maybe we could have a program sometime for your devoted people that like using bible resources to learn the ins and outs of leveraging biblehub as a site to their daily bible reading advantage and we could do some screen sharing and go through it. And another thing I'd mentioned to the uh, to the users out there that I've been 40 years on a project called the Discovery Bible. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's an interactive two panel software that allows you to get tens of thousands of insights from the original Hebrew and Greek text, but never have to learn a single Hebrew or Greek word. It uses highlightings, colors and symbols and things. And you can download it. I get a free download on it uh, just by going to the discoverybible.com. But I mention that uh, not as a sales pitch, is, is, but as a segue, as a bridge for deeper daily Bible study. Let's face it, pastors often don't get to the questions we're thinking about, even on the text they're preaching about on a Sunday morning. Yeah. So we have to be like the Bereans. We've got to go directly to the text and uh, Bible Hub and Discovery Bible take it right from original text up where we can seek something out for ourselves and find great satisfaction in connecting with God's word. Yeah. Yeah. One thing, uh, one thing I see two, I see on one end a great thing and on another end uh, a not so great thing. The one great thing um, in our current Western, even more specific American society is, is, is how much abundance of access we have to the Bible, um, and all, all of the, the helpful, um, programs and all that, that, you know, you've mentioned, we have so much, uh, so much access to all that stuff, but at the same time, it seems like we're kind of trending towards biblical illiteracy uh more than a trend aaron let's just speak frankly we have to do straight talk here yep in the post in the postmodern world where we're bombarded with the views of this present cosmos all the various secular perspectives and coming at us in social media from every single direction pounding away um the way it's from educational system up and throughout government and everything we need a renaissance we need a reformation and the humility of seeking god in his word every day not just some little trite platitude i mean get down get in there serve god and be open to him be vulnerable under his lordship and and and, and prize the unity of the saints this is this is a critical hour and we that's why an open source berean study bible or a study site like uh, BibleHub.com or a, a resource tool like Discovery Bible, all are 
small but important steps in encouraging the saints. That's awesome. That's awesome. And and just real quick, thank you for your commitment to doing that, uh, to be you. involved in you know in all that to uh, uh, you know to to help people like me. Um, you know, in, in our, in our studies. Um, I was once a young person like you a, a long time ago. And, uh, uh, but no, I wasn't at the last supper or anything, but I do go way back. <laughs> when, you know, we had a renewal in the 1970s in America and people flocked to Bible preaching churches mm. and pastors are respected for preaching the text line by line. The saints grew. Unfortunately, the revival didn't hold. It should have. God did his part. But we're crying out now. And by the way, this is an invitation. If preachers hear this or daily Bible readers hear this, and they would like tutorials and things to follow up of a non-sectarian nature, but really sincerely getting at how the Brians approach the scriptures, we'd like to make that offer. Um, I don't know if there's a chance at the end of the program you could pass on contact information as you see fit, Aaron. But we'd like to be an ongoing help. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's that's an encouragement uh, to me. And 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 I know some people, some of my regular listeners are, you know, some friends of mine. I know that they're going to be encouraged by that, too. Um, yeah. That's that's cool. So why would people get a Berean study Bible? It's because they want the readability of an NIV, if they're familiar with that, and they probably are. But they like it bumped up with a little more literalness, word for word, form based. And, you know, it is something that is respecting and venerating the consensual view of essential essential literal translations and you want to be able to have perhaps extra liberty that goes with an open source translation that makes sense um so i know some people could be thinking with what you just said isn't that what the csb you know has done or or tried to do uh with their translation um you know a little bit more readability like the niv but a little bit more literal um so I guess if you could talk about the comparison with with that. Well, you know, they are similar. They have to be because they're coming from the same documents. Yep. And they're form-based. That is the Greek and Hebrew forms. So um, they're going to have the same amount of words, and they're going to have the same flow of thought. They're going to respect clause order. They're gonna, If the subject's first, the verb second, and so forth, they're going to respect that. So you're going to have all this commonality as you expect. But... Um, the advantage of the BSB is that uh, the Brian is that you have the open source and you have the way that it links in at Bible Hub to added resources digitally that are ma- that are massive. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that kind of transitions <laughs> into uh, into this, which I think is really cool. So um, on the on the Brian website. You have uh, you call it the the Berean ecosystem. Um, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know when you think of an ecosystem, all the parts are running together in a system without contradiction. 
and the whole satellite of Bible resources that come from, you know, when you have public domain sources, one could say they're old, but truth isn't like Paris fashions that come in and out <laughs> yep. uh, or some Italian fashions that are trendy and then not trendy. There's a timelessness to what is central. Mm -hmm. The plain things, the main things, the main things, the plain things. Uh, so the whole ecosystem of the way that the parts of scripture sentences work together in coherence and in the Bible hub orbit of bringing in Bible dictionaries, encyclopedias, and commentaries, and interlinears, and gazetteers, and atlas sermon helps, original language helps, interlinears. You have this wonderful labyrinth mm. of just honoring the Word of God as the Word of God. Yeah, that's awesome. And and soon to be, uh, you know, like you, you touched on earlier, it's soon to be out with the, the BSB, the, the Brian Study Bible. Uh, you guys are well on, on what's available online. Is it is the is it just the New Testament for the literal and the interlinear or is it? the whole That's thing right. Now? At this time. But we're actively on the Old Testament and we have a dates in sight for its completion. It's a real priority. And uh, for those that would like to use the two as companion volumes, the literal will be of necessity requiring more reflection and um, you might say less readable from a conversational colloquial standpoint. Yeah. But if you want to know how the syntax of the original is setting up, we need something more readable than Young's. Young did a very nice job on the Young's literal translation, but um, there are some there are some additions and benefits that we now can do, and and also make it a more readable, readable enough to even be a pew Bible. Yeah, kind of in the lane of the the NAS, right? Yes, and um, uh, I'm a I'm a multi-decade user inside tremendous fan of the NAS and um, but this will have an even tighter correspondence to the original forms hmm. Hmm. that's cool but still still because uh, I know I know some people talking about the NAS they uh, they talk about the NAS as, you know, it is very, very good for being, you know, word for word, but it's, it, it comes off a little bit wooden sometimes. Um, you know, it doesn't, doesn't seem to flow nice. Uh, well, I, I know, go ahead. You know, I'm just saying, you know, in their defense and my mentor for 26 years, he was uh, one of the chief architects and full-term translators of the, uh, with the NAS, um, Lisa Archer. In their defense, they they did something noble. Mm -hmm. They they were little every time they could, yet still be a modern English, nice to read, flowing translation. And I think they really excelled at what they did. 
the ESV comes along and there's been a lot of cross advertising comparing the two. <laughs> yeah. um, and the ESV uh, had a desire to be more readable yet with being more style conscious even yet. Mm -hmm. And um, so people, um, it's nice to have multiple translations, isn't it? it and is. to compare one with another. You know, at, when you pop up a Bible verse on Bible Hub, you have over 20 translations all stacked for you in the most convenient way, just really easy to use. And they run the whole range of, uh, from paraphrase to, to literal to, you know, everything you need is there. So I, uh, I guess I get a little personal now. Um, Good. I, I, uh, I like the, uh, I, I go, I go through the NLT um, a fair amount. Uh, I, I do enjoy mostly. I do a lot of audio listening, like audio books, and Me and too. listening, Me listening too. to the Bible um, on the U version app. Um, usually, when I'm listening, I listen to the NLT uh, at night. Every night I read a uh, I read a chapter uh, in the Bible in the CSB um, to my daughter, um, and when I teach at church, I teach out of the HCSB, uh, and when I study, I just basically go to all of them. Um, so what would I don't know if this is going to, you know, turn into like a sales pitch type thing or something, but what would be my motivating factor from your standpoint for basically making, you know, like the BSB, uh, maybe my teaching Bible um, or, uh, you know, um, well, where Aaron, I, I, yeah, Aaron, I think it comes down to the fact you need adequate literalness for accuracy. Now, when it comes to the NLT, and I use it with great profit all the time as well, Aaron, like you do, it gives the flow of thought. It unwinds the narrative. It um, sometimes takes ambiguous pronouns and inserts names so you don't lose who's doing what. All those things are really good. Uh, but, you know, I, the, the fellow that headed up the gospel section of the NLT, Grant Osborne, who was our um, chief Greek consultant on Berean. Oh, so he, okay. So he worked on the NLT you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. So, so did, um, yeah. So did, um, our old Testament expert and others. Um, oh, wow. so we, we enjoyed that, uh, that benefit, but you got to remember that the guys that were on the NLT did not over promise. They knew certain things would be loose. They wanted to point people also to use essentially literal translations. They weren't trying to be a be-all, at least not yep. the humble ones on the committees. Because yeah. when you render something more thought by thought dynamically, yet God superintended the exact choice of words, not just thoughts. The verbal inspiration of scripture Plenary verbal inspiration of scripture, the standard byline describing how to respect the word of God as the word of God, 
Verbal means each verbal word is accounted for, which doesn't happen in a paraphrase. Each yep. thought is accounted for. Makes sense. But every word at some level needs to be accounted for. That's verba in plenary that you give equal respect to all parts of the Bible throughout appreciating genre distinctions like in wisdom, wisdom literature and historical books of the Bible, legal books of the Bible, poetic, so forth. And uh, so this all this comes into play. And that's why it is. Um, I think it's good to have something like the brand that has sufficient deference and attention paid to the literalness of the text as well as its readability. Okay. So I just thought of this, but I just thought of this, uh, um, maybe a little bit of a rabbit trail, but because of who you are and your position in being heavily involved in translation and stuff like that, I, I, uh, I'd be really interested to hear your input on this. Um, what, so because we have an abundance of English translations and uh, it is it is such a blessing to have all of that access. Um, there are, let's be honest, there are a lot of uh, Christians who so they they're so ingrained or, or stuck on one translation. And I'm not just picking on, you know, KJV only people. But they're so ingrained on, you know, this is the one, this is it. You only can use this. Um, do you bad idea. Yeah, it's a bad idea. I was going to, so I was going to say, do you, you know, one, you just answered it. <laughs> uh, do you see that as having a positive spin or should we, should we see all of these translations as, uh, as a blessing? Um, you know, there's a, there's a positive to, having all of this and, and being able to learn from all this. Let's take an example. Um, in John chapter 21, in his resurrection appearance to Peter, he asks him three questions. You know, do you love me? Peter replies back. Now, the original language differs on the first two questions when Jesus said, do you love me? Mm. There's a switch in the words for love. There's a switch in the words for sheep. There's a lot of switches going on. And some translations believe they're all saying the same thing. So they deliberately flatten those different terms that come out the same. That's their translation belief. I would not take that approach <coughs> on the near synonyms of scripture, either in Hebrew or Greek. I think they're used distinctly for a distinct purpose. So, do you love me, Peter? Agapao in Greek. Well, Peter replies, you know I love you, but he doesn't use the same word. It's a friendship love. When your hearts are together, you're pals. You know, I'm with you. Yep. Jesus is not content with that. Hits him with the second question. Do you love me? 
Peter comes back a second time, not using the same word Jesus is asking for. In the third case, Jesus meets him where he is and accepts and changes it to Peter's word, to which Peter went out and grieved. Hmm. Well, I think that is important. However, Bible scholars who have forgotten more than I remember would say, I don't think there's any difference in those near synonyms. We should make them the same, not be uh, concordant. We should flatten them in the interest of readability, and that's the way it goes. Well, if you're only using one translation, and most don't distinguish those words I just mentioned, you don't even know how to evaluate what, what you're reading. Yeah. So I think a comparative student, um, and I think that the Berean study with the Berean literal will be a nice, easy companion set in this regard. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I, uh, I like to, um, I like to to have kind of the the NLT, um, the NLT and the either ESV or NASB side by side a lot of times when I'm studying. That's very good. That's very good. That's very good. That's something the that brilliance would have done. Yep. Yeah. Um, okay. That's good. So, on a practical side. Um, now, now we're talking the, the physical book, uh, how long have you guys had the, the physical BSB released and what are the, the, you know, the next step plans? Yeah. Uh, first it was the new Testament only, and now it's both old and new Testament with a variety of covers, hardback, um, goatskin kind of imitation leather and things. It's got really nice choices. So people can get that now. Next steps are going to include innovative digital versions. And eventually the codes that will go in with the print Bible in their, is in their <laughs> good time. But a lot of it has to do with, um, we, we try to get feedback. We, we had um, over a thousand people write in on just feedback on choices of renderings and verses and what they were sensitive to and what the issues could be and what implications do you leave hmm. by a certain translation possibility. But we need that feedback. And I, I hope folks will have a, um, a real active response system at Bible Hub, which would guide us to know how to best use our kingdom dollars to serve the serve the needs that people are crying for and asking for most that which would please us. Okay, good. Um, that being said, physical uh, is, is the ultimate goal to have physical copies of each, each version, or do you not see that happening? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And um, I think the uh, handsome one that was produced for old and new Testament uh, the binding just and everything is just really nicely done. As far as additional print versions of the literal or additional uh, digital study assets and aids and phone apps, um, they're on the drawing boards, but they don't they don't uh, 
their specific release date will have to do with a number of factors. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, I can only imagine there's, there's a million different steps that go into that. <laughs> Which, which you're in charge of, you know, running all that through, through, you know, through your mind. So that's, uh, I can, I can imagine. Um, awesome. Okay. Um, so, okay, cool. The, uh, is before we, before we kind of wrap this up, um, is there anything that you feel like we, we didn't touch on as far as, uh, the BSB or, or just the Berean, um, you know, uh, process in general that you would like to, yeah. to make sure you, you speak on? Well, in the book of Acts, when the Bereans arise to check out things were so, I'd like just to spend a minute, not on the Berean study Bible, but the Berean spirit that drove the Berean study Bible. And that all those coming under the hearing of my voice, that we would consecrate ourselves like the Bereans that when we hear people round off statements about what the Bible says or what God thinks, and a lot of radio speakers or media people think they're Godologists as they were um, spewing all kinds of thoughts, we've got to go to the scriptures themselves like the Bereans and check it out. Yep. And not with a wooden legalistic spirit, but with one devoted to absorbing. Hmm scripture as the word of god i mean this is a love offering of the highest order to the risen lord and so i would encourage people to get serious about their discipleship and stay that way if they need added incentives or impulses help they write in to you about ways we can help and we can get back but the time is so short aaron time is so short it seemed like a blink of an eye when I was your age four decades ago. Wow. But you'll be where I'm at soon enough. And we're going to be hearing the great trumpet call. And being conformed to Christ, how else will we know it authoritatively? Mm. But by a reverent, accurate understanding of the scriptures. Yep. You know, when the world got so far away from God, in the Renaissance period, looking back to the 1400s, God enabled a reformation that used the momentum of the Renaissance. And don't we need a Renaissance and a reformation now? Not sectarian that's driven by this denomination or that, or the prestige of this translation or that. Yeah. So whether it's home churches or small group leaders, if they need some devotional stuff that I could pass on, Aaron, at the discoverybible.com site or the things that are available at biblehub.com free. I, I so would like to get a collegiate spirit going where of their own accord, there's learning communities that are beyond the local church because many local churches, they're, it's a solemn thing to say, but their mind's not on the ball. Yeah. Their eye's not on the ball. There's church growth concerns. There's, there's great financial burdens with COVID and 
all kinds of distractions. Yeah. And I, and I think when you have par- parachurch ministries, uh, that is things like Discovery Bible or Bible Hub and linked resources to the Berean that are not trying to be revenue generating, they're trying to be disciple making. That somehow out of this interview and this talk that you've made so easy, Aaron, that it's embracing the Bible as the word of God, that it really is the God breathed out words of God. Mm-hmm. We revere it. We seek it. We hide it. We study it. We check out to make sure it's so. Wow. People say this or that. You know, and this is how I can tell um, this. This is how I can tell that this is this is a Holy Spirit thing. Uh, I so I follow, you know, a bunch of different people, uh, Christian leaders and all on social media pages. And uh, a lot of them from different denominational backgrounds and stuff like that. Uh, But. I've heard a lot from a, a lot of recently from this the same message that you just gave basically uh there needs to be a this needs to be a unifying time um for the body of believers no matter what denomination and yeah. thing like that that you come from uh you know what your favorite bible translation is uh you know i had this thought um going along with that it's it's you know it's it's funny that it happened today uh it's a god thing but i was just driving today for work and uh, in a, in a suburb and, you know, past a, basically a church on almost every street corner. And I had this, you know, it, it just crossed my mind. Like when it comes to this unifying idea, I wonder how many of these churches that are, you know, within a half a mile from each other, uh, maybe 10 in, in a 10 mile, you know, radius, how many of them actually communicate with each other? Um, you know, the local community that they're in. I, uh, and in my experience, that doesn't happen. Um, right, right. right. And, uh, and it really is a shame. Um, and, uh, so yeah, that, that, that unity, um, needs to happen. Um, well, let me leave you, let me leave you with a humorous anecdote. (laughs) Okay. One person said, what's the difference between unified and unity? Because people say they're unified. The epistle to the Ephesians talks about a unity of the spirit. If you take two cats and were to tie their tails together and throw them over a telephone wire, they'd be unified without much unity. (laughs) We need a genuine Christ-exalting unity. And what would be the glue other than the word of God? What would be the hub of the wheel that makes a turn other than the scripture? Yeah. So I appreciate people like you doing programs like this to the honor and glory of God. Thank you, Aaron. Yeah. Thank you. Um, wow. Um, okay. Uh, so the last thing I like to do on interviews uh is kind of like a, a rapid fire question uh, time. Um, I just throw a couple things at you and, and you kind of just give like your short, simple answer. Um, 
So for you currently or recently, you know, right now, what would be like your top three authors that you've been enjoying? Right. I, my, I actually consult every day the commentaries on Bible Hub. They're all free and they're all conveniently stacked verse by verse. And you'll find that Charles Ellicott, the first commentator up, verse by verse through the Bible, and his team, oh, just clear and reverent. You go down a little further down the line of the 15 or 16 commentaries that are on Bible Hub that I use multiple times every day, enjoy consulting them. You go further a little bit down the line and you'll see the Cambridge commentary. This was a collection of scholars and they have a way of just taking it day by day, devotionally, verse by verse. And then there is the exegetical section of the pulpit commentary that's on Bible Hub that just explains things so nice and clear. When it comes to people that are facing the issues of our day, I have a plethora of people I could point to and they all make their contribution. None are the be all and they're the first to admit it. Yeah. But day by day, those public domain commentaries that for people to read, what a treasure and free. Just right there, always, at, always right there. available. Yes, easy read and scrolls nicely. And yeah, cool. the way that the uh, Bible Hub does it is they put English-based commentaries first, the exegetical or ones that were more apt to refer to original language parts second, and it just scrolls nice and easy. Awesome. That's good. That's good to know. Um, so what would be, this is kind of more of a, uh, an entertainment question. Uh, what, what are some programs you're enjoying right now? TV shows, it could be anything. <laughs> I'm a devoted swing ballroom dancer. Ah. So I, I catch I catch a lot of that stuff. And um, but I really appreciate Bannon and others right now that are making sure conservative viewpoints um, are, are are getting out there and aired. And I appreciate people like John MacArthur that are taking a position, getting on those media platforms, standing tall. Cool. Cool. Okay. Um, awesome. Well, this was fun. Uh, this was, this was, uh, this is great. And I, I am encouraged by this and I, I, uh, I definitely appreciate, um, you know, you reaching back to me, answering me and, and, uh, and, and we, you know, we were able to get this set up and, uh, good. And I, I need to, I need to go buy my BSB now. <laughs> <laughs> good going. Cool. <laughs> I need to uh, talk to the wife about that budget real quick. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord be with you. <laughs> awesome. Um, plug your, uh, plug your, you know, again, I know you've said it a, a bunch of times, but just sum it up all at the end, you know, plug all your links, your websites, everything you want, you want people to go to. Yeah. Well, first of all, for daily Bible help, all free Biblehub.com. Then if they want to get into something more particular and want interactive Bible study with the original text of Scripture, 
um, they go to our website, which is thediscoverybible.com. And there's contact numbers and discipleship things to do right from there. And um, learning community groups that we hope will form as well. Cool. Cool. Biblehub.com. Discoverybible.com. Yeah. Um, awesome. Well, thank you. Uh, Dr. Gary Hill, Is that what do you normally go by? I go by Dr. Disaster or, you know... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Gary, Gary is great, and I very appreciate it being here. Awesome. Uh, cool. I'm going to stop the recording. Um, stick around real quick, and, uh, and we'll talk afterwards. But, uh, but thank you, Gary. Good deal. Get involved practically in the fight against abortion by supporting and donating preborn.org. So many of us talk about hating abortion, but how many of us actually do something about it, fighting it even if it's just donating your money? Donating and even getting involved with preborn.org is a very easy, very practical way to get in the fight for the most innocent among us. Not only does your support provide ultrasounds and counseling, it also provides maternity clothes, baby clothes, diapers, and formula. More importantly, your sponsorship gives a young mother an opportunity to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Help fight for that life in the womb that has no voice, and help fight to give hope to that mom and family on the outside of the womb. $28 pays for one ultrasound, where it is found that 80% of moms will choose life if they have seen an ultrasound of their baby. Support at preborn.org. Hey guys, Aaron here. As a first and a last and a whatever else in between you want to do, please support the show in one of the best, easiest, simplest ways you can. Please rate the show on whatever platform you're listening, uh, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. That has so much to do with with uh, with charts and you know moving moving the show up in the search engines, all this stuff. Uh, but whatever platform you're listening, please rate it. Uh, please subscribe to the show if you haven't already. We greatly appreciate it. I hope this uh, I hope this content is uh, is encouraging, is is uh, life building to you, um, really to just get you to know God more. Um, because as as believers, we want to we we believe that our life is about knowing God and making Him known. So I, I pray that we are doing that for you. And if you could, real quick. Just please rate the show, maybe leave a comment even, and, and subscribe. Thank you guys. Love you. I'm out.